Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Wednesday, December 6, 2023. Stand up for your country. We have, including this evening's broadcast, nine more this year, 2023. Uh, next year is going to be one of the most important years in this country's history. It really is a vital situation. And I am glad you're watching and listening on our radio affiliates tonight. But you got to spread the word. All you guys got to spread the word. Because I'm going to demonstrate once again tonight that the corporate media, which is so corrupt in America, the highest corruption level ever, is not going to tell you the truth about what's happening. We will. Uh, the talking points evening uh, this evening is Donald Trump's town hall. Okay. So um, speaking to the choir, the former president on the Fox News Channel last night was relaxed. Um, you know, when a politician gets these kinds of offers to appear, they're smart to take them. Even in a contentious situation, you get your points across, voters notice. And Trump certainly did that last night. Uh, but he, the audience was not um, persuadable in the sense that they already liked him, 90% or even more. That doesn't mitigate uh, anything that happened. It's just that at this point, if Donald Trump wants to regain the White House, he's got to appeal to independent voters. Now, the headline last night in the town hall was this. Go. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except Look, one? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a that's, drill. That's not. Okay, so 
Donald Trump did that on purpose. He wants to be provocative all the time. And that's all you heard this morning on the morning programs was uh, Hannity saying you would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. And then Trump saying, except on day one. Bang, cut it off. Now, what Donald Trump meant was he would do executive orders to close the border, to stop uh, the uh, Biden regulations on drilling for oil on day one, just as Biden did to Trump. The same thing. Biden came in, opened the border day one. Come on in. Anybody who wants to come on in, come on in. Joe Biden did that first day and then slapped regulations on the fossil fuel industry, which ignited inflation. That's what caused the inflation that we've all suffered through the past three years. So Trump says, oh, day one, I'm going to be a dictator. He didn't mean that he was going to be a dictator. He meant, and then he later explained, but it was too late because the hate Trump media just took part of what he said, which is what they always do. Now, Trump had to know that. He had to know it. All right. But he doesn't care. He just wants to throw these hand grenades. He wants to bear bait these media people. All right. That's not a good strategy. That is not a good strategy because there are millions of independent voters in this country that would vote for Donald Trump if he would just moderate his presentation a little bit. Many voters do not want chaos every day. I don't care. It matter to me what he says. It really doesn't matter. What matters to me is what Donald Trump did in the four years he was president. And he did a darn good job, in my humble opinion. I don't care what he says. I know him. I wrote the United States of Trump. I know what he does. He just throws the grenades. It's fun for him to do it. But it's not helping him right now. That's very important that everybody understand that. So, predictably, the hate Trump media got hysterical. Roll the tape. So, asked whether he would abuse power. You saw it there. No answer for nearly five full minutes. And then when he had an answer, it was yes on day one on certain issues. If any other politician in American history were asked a question, are you going to be a dictator? <laughs> no. Donald Trump never answered it. He never answered no. it. Donald Trump admitted yesterday that he would be a dictator if he is reelected next year. All right. So these people are all lying to you. I mean, but it's are you surprised? Nobody's surprised. This is what they have been doing for years. And their corporate masters do not care. When I was coming up in journalism, working for CBS News, ABC News, even inside edition, a syndicated program. If I told a lie on the air, I was in huge trouble, huge trouble. Not anymore. Okay. So what has to happen, I believe, is that Donald Trump, he's going to win the primaries. All right. And we have uh, the News Nation Republican uh, debate tonight. Trump is the odds are 90% that he's going to win. When he goes into the general, you know, if it were me, I, I would do it a little bit differently. And that's the memo. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. 
The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so the hate Trump book industry, you know about it. Cassidy Hutchinson, all these people, they put out a hate Trump book, and for the first two, three weeks, they sell copies, and it falls off the cliff, unlike Killing the Witches, which is picking up steam after two months. Um, So Liz Cheney uh, has a hate Trump book out. Go. It will be the unraveling of our of our constitutional system. Um, and, and I every time people hear my former Republican colleagues talking about the weaponization of the Justice Department, uh, I really urge them to stop and think about what that is. That's Republicans attempting to do Donald Trump's bidding, attacking one of the most foundational and important aspects of our of our republic. All right, so Liz Cheney is Liz Cheney. So what? What she said doesn't really matter. She's through in politics. She'll never be elected to anything ever again. Her book came out yesterday. It's number one on Amazon. Um, Okay, there's a lot of people that can't get enough of hating Trump. That's it. They'll spend 20 bucks to hate Trump every day. And that's what Liz gets. Um, But if she thinks that she's got a future in politics, she doesn't. Okay, Republicans aren't going to support her. Only uh, 29% in Wyoming, when she ran for uh, re-election to Congress, 29%, that's all. And uh, because she's pro-life and conservative on issues, Democrats will never support her. You got nobody. All right, so all right, Liz, you got your book, you sell a few copies, fine. Making a career out of hating Trump. All right, President Biden today uh, delivered remarks to the White House Tribal Nations Summit. This is interesting. Native Americans uh, were at the White House and Biden promised to give them more federal funding. And uh, he's not going to oversee how they spend the funds. They can do what they want with them. Okay, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Just Biden just gives away so much money. It's staggering and it's never going to stop. That's what he does. That's all he does. And then uh, Biden made some remarks um, about the uh, vote coming up on Ukraine, Israel, and the border. I will play you those in a moment. But first, President's brother, James Biden, defied a congressional subpoena today. Didn't show up. And his lawyer said, yeah, we're not showing up. No excuse. We're just not going. Okay. The lawyer's Paul Fishman. Paul should know, and I'm sure he does, Steve Bannon was sentenced to four months in prison for refusing to comply with a congressional subpoena. And Peter Navarro, another Trump advisor, he's awaiting sentencing. So I expect James Biden to go to prison for not showing up uh, when subpoenaed. He has to almost go. Garland's not going to, he has to go. So he'll be charged with contempt of Congress. Now, Hunter Biden's not going to show up either. Hunter is supposed to show up. Um, what's the date for Hunter? Uh, da, 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 da. It's next week sometime, I think. Um, 
December 13th. Is that what you said? In my ear, they, they tell me December 13th is supposed to show up. There it is. Scheduled interview. Um, and he says he's not showing up. Put him in jail. This is simple. This, put him in jail. Bannon goes to jail. Navarro goes to jail. The Bidens go to jail. If that doesn't happen, I don't, I don't know. Boy. So Hunter Biden, uh, we learn now, got $5 million from a guy named Kevin Morris, who was a Hollywood big shot. There's Kevin. So he just gives $5 million on a Biden. Nobody really knows why. In the United States, if you received a cash gift for more than $17,000, you had to pay tax on it. Okay? That's it. You get 17 free. Somebody, your mom, your dad, your whatever, give you $17,000 or cash or stuff. No tax. Other than that. $5 million? <laughs> You got a big tax bill. Hunter Biden pays zero. Nothing. Again, he's not been charged. Not been charged. How does this happen? We are a banana republic right now. The United States of America is Venezuela. <laughs> this is always so corrupt. And there's no two sides to the story. I'll give you the Biden side. They say it was loans. Okay, loans. $5 million worth of loans? So Kevin Morris apparently loaned $5 million to Hunter Biden. For what? <laughs> Cocaine? Hookers? <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing because it's so absurd. But it's happening in real life. It's happening. It's, you know, and where's the corporate media on this? Ignore it. They, oh, it's, maybe it's Russian disinformation. My God. Okay, so... There's supposed to be a vote before the Christmas break on aid to Ukraine, continuing aid, billions and billions of dollars, to Israel. And Republicans are tying that into border security. But this Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, says, no, 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 no border security. You just give us the power to give Ukraine and Israel money. But we're not going to do anything to stop the border madness. And uh, Joe Biden reiterated that today. Go. Extreme Republicans are playing chicken with our national security, holding Ukraine's funding hostage to their extreme partisan border policies. Let me be clear. We need real solutions. I support real solutions at the border. No, you do not. You didn't put forth one solution to anything. You just opened the border and now 10 million people, migrants are here and it's costing this country uh, more than a trillion dollars in the end. You know, it, don't give me any of this. This is just ridiculous. It's absurd. All right. Again, this is another example of just running wild. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Republicans, extreme Republicans, partisan border policy. What, what's the partisan border policy, Mr. President? What? That you don't want 10 million people unaccounted for here? Okay, you don't know where they are, or what they're doing. That's an extreme border policy. You want to stop that? This is so far out of control. I can't. I hope you're getting my frustration. The Biden administration is going to go down in history as the second worst ever. And it just keeps piling on. 
Okay, I don't know what's going to happen on this vote, but if I were in Congress, I would not vote unless they did something on the border. I would not vote for Ukraine or Israel. And you both, you all know I support both of those things. America's money going to both of those countries. I wouldn't vote for it unless the Democrats give in and start to secure the border. That's it. That's my vote. All right, 8 p.m. tonight, Eastern Time, News Nation, Republican debate, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie. There they are. So what the deuce are Christie and Ramaswamy doing there? So Christie is polling, according to Real Clear, 2.5%. <laughs> okay, there's no chance. Ramaswamy, after all these months, 5%. He has no chance. Why are they there? There's no reason for them to be there. But it's going to take time away from the two people that have enough support to be there, Nikki Haley and Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, I like Ramaswamy. He's been on the program, and I respect. He's a patriot for trying to help his country. I respect him. He's not going to be president. I told him that. You, you remember that if you saw the interview. He's not. And to have him up there is wasting my time as both an American and a journalist. It's wasting my time. Chrissy, all he's there to do is bash Trump. All right, we got it, Governor. We got it. You hate him. Do we have to hear it a hundred times? I guess we do. This is the report, this is the fault of the Republican Party. They made the rules. These people should not be on the stage. Okay, so. Two-hour debate, and I'll be on uh, News Nation after to lend some wisdom. I hope it's late. I'm gonna have to take a nap, <laughs> but I'll be on, and uh, so will Sean Spicer. He is a News Nation political uh, contributor, also the first TV lead-in to my program, The No Spin News. Spicer is really busy. Comes to us now from the University of Alabama. So anything well, new down there and anything going on uh, we should know about? I, I think there's a lot of excitement tonight for the reason that you laid out. There's a lot of people that want to see uh, DeSantis and Haley go at it. If either of them can move the needle and then what's the case that Ramaswamy and Christie, you know, make? Uh, Christie, as you point out, polling very low nationally, but he's making the case that He's only competing in New Hampshire and that he thinks he's going to win there or do really well there and get slingshot forward. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but that's his case. Equally concerning is Ramaswamy trying to figure out what, you know, aside from the fact that he has a boatload of cash, why he's still on stage. But, you know, it'll be interesting because tonight is going to be the last time probably before the Iowa caucuses that we see these four on stage together. And this is their last chance because it's a national debate. It's here in Alabama, but the only people that really matter are about the 200,000 caucus goers in Iowa, because if you can't make it out of Iowa, your campaign's over. Yeah. And look, I don't do I don't object to the debate. I just want to hear more from the two viable candidates. Then and I, I don't know if I'm being unreasonable or not. I, if I were uh, the Republican chief, I would have just said we're only doing two because the polling numbers don't warrant the other two. Now. When you uh, are analyzing a debate like this, there's not a real big difference in between DeSantis and Haley. 
Uh, they're conservatives, both of them. Uh, Haley, a little bit more moderate, I think, than DeSantis. I think you would agree with that. But do you have a question or two that you would throw at either or? Yeah. So first of all, I would argue that part of this is style, right? We've seen most Republicans generally are about 85% in agreement on most domestic and foreign policy issues. But I think we saw in President Trump a willingness to take on uh, the bureaucratic state to the, and, and fight for policies that previous administrations hadn't. So that's different. So the style does matter for these folks. I think foreign policy matters, how you're going to take on China, what you're going to do about our national security in terms of building up the military. The last debate, I thought the most insightful question that was asked was from Hugh Hewitt when he talked about the size of, of a future Navy. Why? Because it really got you to understand their strategic thinking. It wasn't about a number, saying 300 or 350. It was the rationale that went behind how they got to their number. And I heard, interestingly, Chris Christie and DeSantis really make an interesting case about how they would build the Navy specifically as a cudgel against an increasingly provocative uh, China in the South China Sea, especially as it relates to Taiwan. So for me, part of this is to understand their thinking and their rationale as much as it is their position. Okay. Do you know these people, Haley and uh, DeSantis, personally? I know every one of them. Yep. Every one of them. So give me a personality profile of Christie first. Well, I think Christie is is sort of, without sounding insulting, he's New Jersey to the core. He sort of has a forget about it attitude, go right at the jugular. Uh, he's a, you know, sort of a brawler. Uh, you see that in how he attacks Donald Trump. I think Nikki Haley uh, is much more of the, to your point, she's more of a statesman type of person, which is why she was a good fit at, at the UN. Uh, DeSantis comes across the way that you think he was. He's He's an executive, but he's not the touchy-feely kind of politician that we're normally used to seeing run for president. And then Ramaswamy is, you know, he's just a flamethrower. He's a successful businessman that doesn't really care about using all the right words. And you see it on the debate stage. But what you see with him privately or publicly is pretty much what you see publicly, too. Okay. So Haley uh, and Chrissy are not big fans of mine. And I think that my temper, my analysis of them, all right, um, and that's wrong on my part. I, sh I shouldn't care what they think of me. Christie, I don't like at all because of the beach thing. Remember the COVID and then he's lounging yep. on the beach by himself? That disqualified him for everything for me, just as the French laundry disqualified the California governor. <laughs> he went he said, nobody can come out of the house because of COVID, but I'm going to the big expensive restaurant. Christie did the same thing. I'm going to the beach. You can't go. Gone. All right. Can't come back from that. Nikki Haley, I've met her a few times. I, I don't think she's a woman of the people. I, I just don't get that. I don't see it. But maybe I'm wrong there. I, look, I like to... I've been in this game since I did my first campaign 30 years ago. I've seen a lot of politicians come and go. And I think that what the unique thing was about Trump is that he we didn't know what to make of him. And he came in and he shook up the state. I sat there in the White House with him for about seven months. And he was willing to take on the status quo. So many times we're told we can't do X, right? This is in law. This is how it's always been. And Trump came in and said, I don't care. And for the first time in my life, I saw a politician that was willing to take on the establishment, shake things up to get real change. Too often we hear excuses. 
I think the closest we're going to get to that is a guy like DeSantis, who has been willing to take on the establishment, fight against institutions like Disney, take on uh, the bureaucracy when it came to coming out of COVID and the educational bureaucracy, shake up the, the, the higher education system in Florida. So if you like Trump, I would go downscale to DeSantis and then keep going. But I, I, I don't disagree. I think Nikki Haley comes across much more uh, in the mold of the establishment Republican. Yeah, I, I, but maybe I'm wrong about her. Final question for you. DeSantis's problem is he doesn't connect with the folks, as I call them. He, yep. He's too remote. He's too re emotionally remote. Trump isn't. Trump's got the folks... The MAGA people, they don't care what Trump does. They don't care what he says. They're with him. And he'll always be with him because he's forged that connection, whatever it may be. But tactically, if I were Trump, I would consider Nikki Haley as my vice president. What do you think? So interesting. I, I will tell you that I think part of the reason what I put my finger on with Trump was that the business that he's in, construction, retail, uh, restaurants, you, you interact with, with everyday workers, with blue collar workers. So Trump has always had a, a, an affinity and a connection to American workers that I think most politicians lack. The thing that's interesting on my podcast today, I had one of DeSantis's top aides and I said to him, with all of the accomplishments that DeSantis has as governor, why isn't he connected? Kind of the, what you're getting at. And I think part of it is, is that, that that's that lack of connection to people. He's got all the accomplishments on the paper that would add up to somebody doing really well. And yet it's not there because of what you've put your finger on. I, I think that's, that's the biggest thing that I take away from right now where things is that Trump has a connection with people because of the background that he's been in. Yeah. That he and, understands and his, the, 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 his personality is, is much right. more open. Nikki Haley VP. Yes or no. So oh, I'm sorry. The re, here's what I've always said with Trump being the VP is a concentric circle. You have to want it. They had, he has to want you. And I think Nikki Haley didn't want to stick around as UN ambassador. Why would she want to, as I say, after seeing the Mike Pence movie, who was a loyal vice president for four years, take that job. I think Nikki Haley doesn't want the job. I don't think Trump would pick her. I still think my number one pick right now is Sarah, Sucker, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She knows the job. She knows what Trump's looking for, and he knows her. That's my number one pick right now. All there. right. And that's not a good, that's a, that's a good choice. Okay. Once again, Sean Spicer leads into the no spin news on the first. The, way the warm up act. They're, yeah, they told Spicer he's got to be the warm-up act for me. But that they were just kidding. I mean, you're the you're the star at seven. But the way this works, because uh, we're not corporate media here, is that we hire distributors, and the first TV distributes us, along with many others in America. You know, Direct TV, all of that kind of stuff. So Spicer's got a program seven to eight. We come on at eight um, and then you get us other places on the radio as well. So thanks for uh, being my warm up guy, Spicer. But I think you're a star in your own right. And uh, I hope we can talk again soon. We'll see you tonight on News Nation. You bet, sir. See you then. OK, now I'll be doing, as I mentioned, uh, commentary after the debate. All right. FBI Director Christopher Ray, big phony. Yeah. And I'm not going to say it with all due respect because he's just a phony. That's what he is. Christopher Ray is interested in Christopher Ray, not protecting you and me. And I'll tell you why in a moment. 
Well, he was uh, testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday. Here's what he said. Go. I've never seen a time where all the threats or so many of the threats are all elevated all at exactly the same time. Yeah, why is that? Because of the open border is a big reason, right? Would Ray has never, ever criticized that open border, ever. Here's what he said in October on Halloween. Go. Would having a secure border, would that make your job easier? Well, I, I, will, I will let Secretary America speak for border security, but I will tell you that the threats that we have to contend with that are attributed to the border, uh, cartel violence, distribution well, yeah, of fentanyl, et cetera, I have are a major The answer count. is yes. Your job would be a whole lot easier. So Ray will never, never criticize Biden, no matter what Biden does, ever, because Ray wants to keep his job. You know, the private limo and all of that, just so you know. Anti-Semitism on college campuses. Okay, so there was a hearing yesterday, House Education Committee, and they dragged in the president of Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania, all top flight schools, or at least they used to be. Roll the tape. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. So it's okay to threaten somebody's life at the University of Pennsylvania, say, I'm going to kill you because you're a Jew. But if you don't act on it, uh, it's okay. (laughs) I mean, that's what she just said. You know, from top to bottom of this broadcast, and we're 28 minutes in, I've just presented insane stuff. The one common denominator of all the people doing and saying the insane stuff, the one thing that binds them all together, is they're all progressives. Keep that in mind. Gavin Newsom, (laughs) Mr. Progressive, cancels the tree lighting ceremony in Sacramento, the state capital, because he's afraid of pro-Palestinian protesters. So nobody could go in person to watch the tree get lit, the Christmas tree. Of course, Gavin Newsom would never call it a Christmas tree, but you can't see it. They do it virtually, whatever that means, because he's afraid of the pro-Palestinian demonstrators who said, we're going to show up and disrupt it, just like they did in New York, and the NYPD kept them away. Okay, But Gavin says, no, no, we're going to cancel. Profile and courage, huh? California, starting January 1st, 2024. If you are a large store, you have to have a gender-neutral toy department. Let's put the law up, and I'll read it to you. The law would require a retail department store physically located in California with a total of 500 or more employees across all California retail department store locations 
that sells child care items or toys to maintain a gender-neutral section or area for the children that it sells shall be displayed regardless of whether they have been traditionally marketed for either boys or girls. You've got to have gender neutral. And if you don't, you can be charged $250 for each day you don't. With the communists do. You have a private store, private enterprise, government comes in, you better do this. I want Fidel's picture over there. If I don't see it, you're going to arrest you or fine you. This is clearly unconstitutional as law. You government can't come into a private business and say you got to have a gender neutral section. But it's they're going to try it. California. Smart life. So we are uh, sending out to people all over the world tens of thousands of books. Killing the Witches, all my other killing books. We're sending them in a mass way all over the world. We found something that's going to help you if you send books or other stuff like books. It is called Media Mail. It's at your local post office, and very few people know about it. For $3.92. You know, it's by weight, but starting at $3.92, special rate for printed materials. Okay? Books, video and sound recordings, albums, CDs, uh, printed manuscripts, computer readable material, anything you want to sell, you send. Isn't that a great deal? Did you know about it? Smart life. Okay? So this segues me into, if you want me to sign a book for you or a person you're giving a gift to, last week, we'll have to stop it next Tuesday. Okay? Because even though we use media mail at the post office, it takes a little while for me to sign them and get them in. We don't want you to be disappointed for Christmas. Hanukkah is Friday, so. But anyway, I will personalize a greeting for Harvey or Shirley or Amber, whoever you want. But you got to get those orders in now, today, tonight, tomorrow, so I can sign them. We'll print up the greeting. Everybody be happy. The post office is going to love you, and you'll save a bundle. All right, smart life. Gallup. Uh, this is interesting. This study uh, was commissioned by Gallup, the polling industry, and the Institute for Family Studies. It was done by uh, Jonathan Rothwell of the Brookings Institute, very prestigious. And it says that adolescents, urchins, with very conservative parents, are 17% more likely to be in good or excellent mental health compared to urchins raised by liberals. That's a study. So if you're a conservative parent, your kids are 18%, 17% more likely to be happy and well-adjusted. Why? Discipline. Now, I'm generalizing, but liberal parents tend to be, you know, let, let them go. Oh, you don't want to be too hard. And conservative parents have rules. Rules for urchins are good. Not draconian rules reasonable rules. 
And when they're broken, as inevitably they will be, discipline is a price to pay. That is, the, the urchins may complain about it, but they really want that. It provides structure and guidance. That's the study. This day in history, 76 years ago, December 6, 1947, President Harry Truman signs the Everglades National Park into existence, South Central Florida. If you've ever been to the Glades, and I've been there many times, fantastic place. 8,000 square miles of primarily swamp. Every creature in the world is in there running around. Take the airboat ride. That's what I do. I love the Glades. Only 500 human beings live in 8,000 square miles. Most of them Seminole Indians. However, there's a big problem in the Glades. The Burmese python morons dumped these pythons into the glaze, and now there's an estimated how many? Half a million of these things, and they're eating everything. Now, you can make money going to Florida and signing up with Florida Wildlife, go in and kill them, shoot them. But if you miss, the python is 25 feet long on average and crushes you in about 10 minutes. So you might want to be a little circumspect about that. But um, big, big problem with the pythons in the Everglades. Fascinating place. Put it on your list. You'll want to go there. All right, big mail segment and a final thought coming right up. Mail segment, Dr. Larry Pack. O'Reilly, you said no one benefits from the clash between blacks and Jews, but I believe the progressive left benefits because they want strife in the country. Their goal is to destroy us by creating social and all times of chaos. But what this has done, doctor, is spotlighted these lunatics on the progressive left. And most Americans don't like that. So it has hurt them, their image. Kurt, I think the protests and the people coming out for Hamas is good because we can now see who they are. There you go. Kurt and I are on the same wavelength, to use a cliche. Patricia Resnick, South Bethany, Delaware. I don't understand why, how Hamas was able to build a massive amount of tunnels. Why did no one stop it? Who's going to stop it? Hamas controls Gaza. Doesn't have any sway in there. That's a Hamas-Palestinian area. Who would stop it? That's what the problem is. The terrorists run Gaza. Sharon, it's fun and hard to believe that the Democratic Party has been grooming Kamala Harris for nothing. She checks the boxes, first female of color, and she's a progressive. Yeah, but her poll numbers are worse than Biden's. So yeah, the progressives in the Democratic Party would love to have her run, but Americans don't like her. David Hudson, Kirtilane, Idaho. The fact that George Santos got elected was failure of the media. Okay. I disagree. It's failure of me. I voted for him. My district. I didn't check him out. I don't depend on the media for anything. I am the media. And that's what I should have checked him out. Special election in February here in New York to, because uh, he's booted, to elect another congressman for the third. And this time I'm going to study these guys or gals. Uh, Russell, 
those in positions of power and authority at NBC should be held accountable for what they put out on MSNBC. Who's going to hold them accountable? Who? They've got protections. Nobody. Doug Wright, Caldwell, Idaho. Just finished reading Killing the Witches. What a terrific book. As much as I enjoyed the pages devoted to the witch hunts and the exorcism in modern days, I must confess my favorite sections were the author's note where you, O'Reilly, nailed it with regards to the modern day witch hunt. Very, very important. Killing the Witches sold 250,000 copies in a little more than two months. Phenomenon. Uh, talk about it uh, on Hannity's radio program today. Uh, why it's successful, and I hope you consider it uh, for uh, Christmas. And uh, you, if you go to Amazon, read the reviews, about 80% say it's an excellent book. Pretty good. Penelope Abernathy, Murrow's Inlet, South Carolina. You're doing a great job, O'Reilly. Please keep it up. You're one of the last bastions we have in a world full of hatred and violence. Thank you. I really appreciate it, uh, Penelope. We are trying our hardest. And we are succeeding in the BillOReilly.com Hanukkah and Christmas store. For Hanukkah on Friday, you got to get the gift cards now. Uh, for Premier and Concierge membership, you get a free book sent to you through the post office. So this is a fabulous deal. Last minute or anybody you believe, all right, wants the truth, the gift cards, and then you get a free book for every gift card you buy. And then we have the uh, Killing Crazy Horse unbelievable discount, $9.95 for this book, because we got a ton of them. Then we have Killing the Witches and Killing the Killers together, another great deal, $21.95. The United States of Trump and a blue Merry Christmas tree ornament, $17.95. We're trying to save you as much money as we can save you. And then you get the whole Killing series, all right, all 13. And if you order that, you get the live show that I did a few weeks ago, downloaded to you. Word of the day, no umbrage, U-M-B-R-A-G-E. When writing to me, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name in town if you wish to opine. Name in town. Right back. All right, here is a final thought. Yesterday we told you about Americans and stocks because Biden is so unpredictable and weak that stock market goes up and down, up and down. My advice was hold on. Hold on, I'm coming, Sam and Dave. Okay. But I didn't have the stats, and I should have. 61% of all American adults hold stocks. Most of them in IRAs and retirement funds and education funds. That is the way to increase your money. That's the best way in capitalism. Hang tough. That is the final thought of the day. And I said at the beginning of the program, 2024, vital year. You know it is. If the progressives win the presidency again, and that's Biden or any Democrat at this point. Next November, this country is going to experience irreparable damage. I'm sorry, that's the truth. Got to get these people out of there. I'm not a party guy. You know I'm not. But the progressive left is just brutal from the hate cops, to the border, to the weakness overseas, to the inflation. It's brutal. That's why you got to stay here. And that's why you got to give people premium and concierge memberships to BillOReilly.com. Thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you again tomorrow.